up to another good, good morning, time to go. the three by five life podcast so on this show we try to dive into our mission which is purpose driven productivity last week we talked about missive meditation i hope you got something out of that some value and today we are going to talk about minimalism minimalism and brian's wardrobe of gray t-shirts yeah that will be part of this that jesse loves and you're wearing one today go she loves all the color i introduced to my wardrobe anyway so the we're going to look at minimalism through the eyes of consumerism big life decision obligations and organization so those are some four points that we're kind of kind of hit on with minimalism it's been a big part of our journey Mm -hmm. uh and it's really the reason the cards exist now uh when i had all my journals and everything that I was doing, I I looked at that through the lens of minimalism. And I was like, this is just too much. It's overwhelming. And that's where kind of the cards spawn from, from just like paring it down, making the whole journaling, morning routine, evening routine lighter than it was. Mm -hmm. So first thing we're talking about is consumerism. You want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, This has been quite a journey for us. And I was actually trying to think about when we started to go this route with our, with our finances and what we're buying in our purchases. And it actually was, um, through my training at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, they had us do this wheel of life exercise. And in that exercise, we had just gotten married. We had just bought a house and it looks at all of the areas of your life and kind of these in these little like pillars. And the finances one for us was extremely low. I think it was the lowest one that we had. Mm -hmm. And because of that exercise, we sat down and we had a serious conversation about our finances and what we could do. At that point, I still had student loans. We still had some debt that we were trying to work through. Um, And we started to look at the way that we buy things. Um, And this is coming off of us, obviously just purchasing a house. That was a huge purchase for us. But I remember we even took, like we used to have a debit card that we would put a specific amount of money on. And then each week we share that debit card. And if we went over that amount of money, then that was it. And there were very uncomfortable situations sometimes because we were both using this during the week and we would be at the grocery store. I would be at the grocery store and have to literally put items back because I didn't have enough money in our account. But what that did was it brought Hold on, hold on. At Costco once, the card declined and we knew the people behind us kind of like at an arm's length and it was super awkward. Yes, they did. (laughs) And they were were like putting stuff back (laughs) Costco, but whatever. I mean, they worked for us and it actually brought so much awareness to our spending. And so we kind of started that mantra. I've always kind of abided by this, but when I purchase things, they always say, is this a need or is this a want? Mm -hmm. And when you start to look at purchases through that lens of this is a need, then you can justify the fact that you can purchase it or you save for it or you, you know, give up something else in order to purchase that. So if you haven't had a conversation with yourself or with your spouse or or whoever about finances and what you're purchasing and the meaning behind those purchases, sometimes we use like retail therapy as like a way to help us with our emotional spending. And I think sometimes if you kind of back up and look at the underlying reasons for why you're doing that, you might be able to limit some of those purchases. So that's something that's been really, really important to us. Even with toys and our kids, when we bring, you know, stuff into our home that we're purchasing or other people purchase for us, we try really hard to have our kids also select toys that they're then going to donate or get rid of just to bring in that idea of like, we don't want that, that over abundance of 
stuff. Yeah. And, and one quote r- regarding this point that really hit me between the eyes is when someone said, uh, what you own owns you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that really hit home with me because I'm looking around. And it's just like, all right, if I make this decision to buy this, you know, be it like a, a stand up paddleboard and you're like, oh, I'm going to go stand up paddleboarding all the time. Now, every time you look at that, when you only go twice a year, it's just like weighs on you. It doesn't feel good. You know, now if you're using it all the time, that's a different story, but decisions like that. Uh, So that brings us to point two. Well, wait, there was a point, wasn't there a point in life where you went an entire year without making a personal purchase? Yeah, that was like two years ago. Was that? No, I did. I bought this. I, we went to Acadia and I bought this bracelet right here. So that was my, like, it was like August and it was like a $10 bracelet and I broke the streak, but then (laughs) I continued the rest of the year after spending that $10. It but was, that's how anal I got. He's worn it every day, right? Yeah, like he's yeah. worn it every day. But yeah, you went a whole year without making a purchase. And that's such a cool exercise to do. Because then every time you go to make that purchase, you're, you're hyper-focused and hyper-aware of, do I want to do this? Is it worth it? Now, if you're interested in doing that, I made rules. So I could buy like running gear. So if like my shoes like wore out um, and I, if it was something that was like personal development, like a book or something like that. I can purchase that, but if it was like a random widget or whatever, like What's for me, I don't know, like <laughs> something. <laughs> we purchased a lot of widgets, widgets then, in our house. <laughs> then uh, I couldn't purchase it. So anyway, let's move on. Sorry. So big life decisions. So looking at big life decisions through the lens of minimalism. So a, a, an example of this is we were contemplating moving and you know we have a smaller house, but it fits our family well. We're a family of four uh, and we love our location. But we were just like, hey, maybe we want some more land, this and that. And then we really put down like a pros and cons list of what this would mean. You know, it would mean a bigger mortgage. It would mean, you know, a bigger upkeep on the house because it would be a bigger house, bigger upkeep on the land because it's more land, all of that. And when we really looked at, is this truly going to make us happy? And is this consuming this going to uplift our life in, in, in certain ways? And yes, in certain ways it would. But then when we really like looked at it through minimalism and what we wanted in this life, having a smaller house actually freed us up to do more things that we actually enjoy. And one of our biggest family values is financial freedom. Like we've always tried mm-hmm. really hard to be smart with our money so that we have that financial freedom, which goes right in hand with, with minimalism. And we were so terrified. Like when you looked at that pros and cons list, that was our first, our first thing was like, we do not want to give up financial freedom. And we've been paying down our mortgage for quite some time. And when we got serious about our finances, that was another thing that we yeah. prioritized. How do we pay off our mortgage as quickly as possible? So to kind of start that process in reverse a little bit, felt like it wasn't serving us in our mission. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually like, I like our little small house. It forces us to hang out with each other. I'm a big my love language is quality time. It is. It is. <laughs> so I want us to be together all the time. So I really love that it like forces us to be in the same room and it just feels good for us. Yeah, for sure. So any big life decision that you're making, I mean, just kind of look at it through that lens. And, and we found that helpful. Um, next one is obligations. So that goes to like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So what what are you putting on your schedule that isn't light, you know, that is really filling up your time uh, and just stressing you out more. We've talked about this in the past about stress and how obligations can drive stress, Mm -hmm. but almost looking at it again through the lens of minimalism of just making all your obligations lighter and even like your schedule, your daily schedule lighter, not signing up for all the activities for your kids. Like now that we're out of COVID, you know, Jesse, I was talking about this before we jumped on here. Like, what are we doing with our kids? And like not over scheduling it because all of a sudden this world's opened up, 
and keeping it light in that standpoint. Too. I think it's such a timely conversation for the obligations piece, exactly what you said. During COVID, we were forced to kind of take a step back and reflect on like, what are we saying yes to? Because we really couldn't say yes to anything. Right. And now that we are opening back up and you know things are starting to kind of move back, being careful to hold those spaces sacred that you found comfort in. Like I found that family time for us and prioritizing our family and you know you spending one-on-one time with the kids or me spending one-on-one, it, it felt right. It felt really good. And I think sometimes when it goes like, I just don't, I'm scared that we're going to go back to like business as usual, where we're cramming our schedules and we're feeling overwhelmed. And so that hell yes is a perfect example of like, if something comes to your plate and someone asks you to do something, don't do it because you feel like you have to make sure that it's something that your heart is telling you to do and that it serves you and your family or whoever you're trying to to be around. All right, exactly. Or if little Susie's going to swim camp, you feel then like, oh, I should send our child to swim camp, you mm-hmm. know? Those types of, like, put it through your own lens. We are in swim camp, actually, which is I know, I know, we're on swim team, which swim is a team. whole new obligation, but our kids are liking it, but it is every day. So, last one. Sorry. Obligations. Oh, no. Organization. Organization and, and decluttering. decluttering. So, your girl. My girl, Marie Kondo. So, well, no, actually. I'm you a, actually embraced I read the, the book. I, I listened to the pod, I listened to the podcast and the TED Talk. Yeah. And I watched the Netflix show. And you were show. very scared when I was reading the book. Well, yeah, because Brian's organization is like, he's, in case you don't know, he's 100% Brian. Like if he does something, like it's 100%. So there are versions of Marie Kondo's organization that I loved. I'm not into the like folding your t-shirt into the smallest pocket possible and putting it in your drawer. Brian, however, does that. Um, but what I did love about that is the feeling that you get when you let go of things, yes. right? Um, summer's a perfect time to do this because it's this natural kind of reawakening, right? Like the summer solstice was yesterday, actually. And so going through your closet and your belongings, organizing spaces that are just like have become like your clutter zone. We have one room in our house that um, is kind of like our workout office sauna room, like everything that it could possibly be. And it tends to be this like collaboration of of stuff that we end up putting in there Mm -hmm. the rest of our house seems very organized but that room and so taking just a moment to kind of like put the stuff away if we haven't touched it or used it you know donating it or getting rid of it it can feel really great and and it's such a stress reducer so when you're talking about minimalism you know, if there is clutter in your house, that takes mental, that's like mental fatigue, right? And even when your wardrobe is overwhelming or overflowing, that creates this sense of like, like energy sucking. You're like, I have to make these decisions about what I'm going to wear every day. And that's why Brian wears great t-shirts. No decision fatigue. Literally every day. (laughs) I mean, I'm like really trying to get like a pattern or something, but like, I mean, it's different shades of gray. White too. Oh, he does have white. He does have white. But you know, I, I love color, but I, I am very strategic about my closet. In fact, I only have the s- smallest closet ever. And then one dresser that I have my stuff in. And if I haven't worn it in a while, I feel like it's, it's time to go. Marie Kondo says you have to like, what say, I'm so grateful for this and thank this item of clothing. Yes. And you like, don't release, it. release, release it. it. Um, but it just feels, it feels nice. And so if you haven't, you know, our, our, our thought behind this podcast was just to give you this like kind of, and we keep using the word lens, but this lens that we try to look through in these areas of our life. And by doing so, it has created some really great things for mm-hmm. us. It's, you know, allowed us to have this organized space for our kids and, you know, the toys that we bring into our house. I'm very strategic about, are they bringing like meaning and learning? Like, what's the reason why this toy is coming into our space or this, this item? Yeah. Um, and, you know, displaying our bookshelves in a way that like encourage them to play and 
use it. Um, and just like our financial pieces of it, it's created, it has created financial freedom for us because we're very strategic about our purchases. So more than anything, we just wanted to give you guys some tips of things that have worked for us. Um, if you're interested in more information on minimalism, there are so many podcasts, resources, Netflix Netflix has a couple documentaries. Yeah. Less is more is the new one. And the old Mm -hmm. one is I think the minimalist. I think it's called the minimalist. Yeah. Um, just to kind of get the idea of, of how you might be able to bring some of this into your own world and your own life. Exactly. And the cards, I mean, the cards, that was, that was one of the pieces behind why we did this. The to-do list alone was some, was such a source of overwhelm for me because I would look at my 30 item to-do list and then the cards create this space for me where I can prioritize what's most important. And then I put them on my card and it's a daily reminder of just prioritizing the smaller, minute details of a day. And it just feels, it feels really good. Good. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you got some value out of today's episode. Subscribe, share with a friend if you're interested. Uh, and until next week. Until next week. Take care. Take care. Hello world, wake me up to another good, good morning. Time to go. Oh, we are all.